Hey, y'all, I'm going to take a second to give a quick shout out to the official mortgage lender of the Hunt Lift Eat podcast. That's Casey Burns of Prime Lending Mortgage. I've known Casey for 10 years and he's the only lender I use. I've used Casey to purchase two houses and the process has been seamless and easy each time. He's the heart of an educator and he truly cares about what's best for his clients. He specializes in VA loans, but can handle FHA, conventional investment loans as well. He's a true expert and specialist in his field, and there's no one I recommend more than Casey. You can contact Casey at casey.burns at primelending.com. Reach him by phone at 919-710-1864. You can also check out all his reviews at www.closewithcasey.com. Thanks, y'all. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast. This is your co-host, Perry, running without our fearless leader today, but I do have the boys, Carter and Derek. How's it going, guys? Good, man. How's it going? Going good. Um, we're going to do just a quick little kind of recap of our season so far. Um, the three of us have all had some some different hunts going on since we all last spoke. Uh, Luke got tied up with some work shit tonight, so he couldn't join us, but um, figured we'd go ahead and record an episode, give the listeners an update on how our seasons are. And um, it's probably be a little shorter episode than normal, but that's all good. Carter, you want to kind of jump off? So I know we've discussed Wyoming, but you actually had some success on your uh, home front there. Tell us, tell us about that. Yeah, it did actually at the you know, week of Thanksgiving this past Monday, um, had a successful hunt here at the homestead. Um, those food plots that, uh, I've talked to you guys about a couple times. Um, those no-till plots that I tried this year came in unbelievably well, phenomenally well. Um, been really, really impressed with them, and the deer have been loving them. And I've been hunting a lot um, in the evenings um, as much as possible, and then mornings on the weekends, trying to sneak it in whenever I can between uh, having a one-and-a-half-year-old and a full-time job and balancing the or keeping the juggling act going but running in there after work kind of after cross-country practice just sitting for like a quick hour and a half before the sun goes down and seeing a ton of deer action this november um which has been really awesome so uh big benefit of those food plots is having all those does coming in in the evenings um and it's started bringing out the bucks um obviously Remind me uh, what all you planted because I really don't remember. Yeah, so <clears throat> actually, I jumped on a uh, on a group on Facebook, a no till uh, group on Facebook, um, and got the like recipe, quote unquote, from a guy who's pretty experienced. Um, and it's a I, f- I forget the exact breakdown. Maybe we can put it in the show notes, but um, it was all sorts of uh, winter rye, um, cereal rye. Uh, winter wheat, um, radishes, uh, clover, chicory, um, turnips, um, all sorts of really bright leafy green things that have been growing phenomenally, even in the colder weather, uh, as it's gone on. And that mix has just done unbelievably well. The, uh, the winter rye kind of acts as a nurse crop. So the clover can you know, the deer eat the winter rye, which grows unbelievably fast. And then the clover can grow up and everything kind of works together in some kind of hippy dippy harmony kind of thing. Symbology. Yeah. 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 Some kind of biology term. Yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. the technical term. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Just like Pete, right? Doctor, big words. Yeah. It's been good. 
And then uh, shot a really nice big eight-pointer I've been watching for a long time. Uh, waited for the right deer. He came out two minutes before last light. Um, made a uh, made a decent shot on him. I was trying to break his front shoulder to drop him where he was because my property's uh, pretty narrow and I didn't really want to fool around with him going on my neighbor's property. Um, and of course he ran instantly onto my neighbor's property and, uh, <laughs> I was already a little apprehensive after my wounding mishap of that giant mule deer in Wyoming in October. So that was totally in my head. Um, but he died less than, you know, 50 yards, um, shot a really nice eight pointer. It's the second buck I've taken off this property. So yeah, things are good. We've been busy. It was a school night, so I was up real late <laughs> cleaning a deer before going to teach the next day, uh, which was a first. Them um, fucking kids was watching a movie that day. <laughs> dude, yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> dude, you know what's crazy is I was grading essays in the blind while, while it was happening for my AP U.S. history class. I was grading essays, and I have this kid, uh, first name's Ethan, and I was grading Ethan's paper, and then that's when this buck walked out, and I was like, I told Ethan the next morning, I was like, dude, this paper is my good luck charm. Can I keep this? Like, I'm going to keep this every hunting season from now on. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Is this blood on my paper? I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry, man. Like, yeah, a little bit, but that's it's awesome. all good. What yeah, answer okay. makes this less gross? Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, am I going to get in trouble for this? But yeah, it's been successful. So now I'm kind of focused on trying to help a couple friends uh, get some deer and go explore some new property i got permission on up in the mountains yeah that's badass man yeah it's been good did it feel a little bit more uh rewarding with this one just because of the work that you had put in yeah absolutely yeah 100 percent. and there's just like there's something special about like when you like uh, maybe this doesn't apply to everybody because everybody's been doing it longer than me but when you like put in like the year round work on a property it like, yeah, it's so much more rewarding. It's just not, it's cool. It's just so cool to like watch these deer for an entire year and you're, you know, sitting and waiting. And, you know, I watched over a hundred different deer this season, uh, you know, with a rifle in my hands, just really enjoying just watching deer do deer things on your own property. It's, it's pretty special, man. Um, and then, as soon as I saw that one buck, I'm like, oh, binos up. Yep. That one's, that's the one. And that's a, that's a good feeling. Yeah. It makes it special. I can't wait to go down to your place, Derek, and start doing some land management with you. Yeah. I'm uh, definitely excited for you two to come down and, and start maybe getting a little bit of what you got going on. Yeah. It's pretty special, but Perry's the expert. No, I'm no expert. Hell, y'all, y'all are the ones with the the piece of the dirt or the piece of dirt that you can actually do shit on. That's, man, that's the that's the fucking dream. Like, that has to be so much so rewarding to see the those results pay off and come together with a nice buck like that, and seeing that many damn deer on your property. And like I said, you know, it's a pretty small property. It's not like this is a you know thousand acre ranch or anything. To see that much utilization uh, is pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Absolutely. It's all about figuring out what your neighbors don't have so that you can have that and get them to come to your place. For sure. Did the, um, did the radishes and the turnips, did they do pretty well with the no-till method? That's something I've been curious about because I've never tried that. 
Dude, I will send you a picture of this turnip I pulled out of the ground. My dad, we hosted Thanksgiving here, and my dad went down to my freaking food plots and pulled turnips out of my deer plot to cook on Thanksgiving. They are massive. I mean, they're like <laughs> they're like <laughs> eight nine That's- inches. They're massive turnips. So, dad's eating Whitetail Institute turnips on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna pass, but go for it. <laughs> go for it. I mean, I'd be lying if uh, if I said that seeing your success is is not probably the biggest part of the reason I hit you two up about coming down and and working a little bit on on my spot because it's like seeing what you've got going on has definitely made me pretty damn jealous. Yeah, it's doable is what I learned this year. That was like the biggest benefit to to this is I I did it all myself and I now know that I I can do it. You don't need a ton of expensive equipment, but I will say it helps immensely. Doing it all with a backpack sprayer sucks, but you can do it, right? I think that's... That's the big part for everybody, like that barrier to entry and nobody really like a lot. Most people, I won't say not everybody. Uh, most people just don't know what you need or what you have to do to get that. And you know, that, that gap's getting a lot narrower with, with the advent of, you know, YouTube. There's not, there's, you can learn everything off there except for right brain surgery, but you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and the fact that you, you know, it's not like you have to have hundreds of acres of land to really, you know, make a difference and and be able to see those immediate results. I mean, you can, like you said, identify, you know, kind of what's going on in your neighborhood, what some of the the missing components are, strategically focus on that and see the immediate results. And I'm assuming it's not just going to be for deer too. It's probably going to be for turkeys, you know, in the spring, you're probably going to see improvements there. Like, you know, it's all attainable. It's like you said, it's all, it's all very doable with, with limited equipment. You just got to have the, you know, the want to and, and, uh, put the effort in. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, absolutely, man. And not just planting for one thing, but yeah, thinking about the whole, whole ecosystem. What is everything going to eat? That's good stuff. Yeah. What about you, man? How's your season been? Um, it's been, it's been really good in a lot of respects. Um, it's been kind of a strange season. You know, we had the, I mean, dude, it's, it's been an absolute, like just learning curve in so many respects because I had my first two ever Western hunts. Right. So we had, um, we had the Colorado trip, uh, with the antelope, um, Luke and I, and we, and we talked about that. That was, you know, an awesome trip. We learned a ton, um, had a blast. We weren't successful in that we didn't kill an antelope, but learned a ton and feel like, you know, I could go back there and at least have a chance to kill one just based on, on what we learned. So in that regard, it was successful. And then, you know, just relatively recently, just a couple of weeks ago, got back from Idaho with Evan and that was an awesome trip. Um, absolutely phenomenal. Same thing. Just learned a ton. That one, we had the advantage of going with a guy that, uh, one of our buddies that has been hunting elk his whole life. Um, he was familiar with the area that we were hunting. And so to be able to have that mentor that had the experience and had the knowledge, I was, I was just telling you guys, uh, before we started recording here, we saw elk every single day, which I know for a hundred percent fact, if Evan and I had tried to do that on our own, there's no way we would have been in that many elk. I mean, 
it's not an exaggeration to say that in the entire trip, we probably saw 150 elk. There were a couple mm-hmm. days that we saw massive herds, like 40, 50 plus herds of elk. Um, there was only w- one day we only saw two, but every other day it was it was a bunch. And so to have uh, to have him to lean on um, was awesome. Evan ended up you know killing killing that little young bull. It wasn't you know wasn't a trophy by you know kind of classic standards, but uh, it was a trophy for him because it was his first elk. It was our first trip to Idaho, you know, to be able to, to do that together. You know, we put in a lot of miles. We got after it pretty hard for, for several days and, uh, for it all to come together was, it was pretty sweet, man. Dude, that, that resource has got to be huge. And this, like the mindset of like a trophy, like it doesn't matter if it's the biggest fucking elk you've ever seen or, you know, just bigger than a dog. Like you still went out and accomplished exactly what you went out to accomplish. And that's, that's huge. Yeah, man. If it's legal for a couple of boys from the East coast, putting hands on an elk is, <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine it's just gotta be the coolest thing in the world. Oh, and, and Trent even said, he was like, man, after like the first, um, I think it was after the first day. Cause we saw, we saw a herd of them up on a, a mountain range, like way higher than us. We probably saw, I don't know, eight or 10 or 12 up there. And then we got on three bulls that we actually got pretty close to, but we ended up spooking them at like 300 yards, but we saw elk that first day. And, uh, and you know, we were all jacked up. We were pumped. Trent was bummed because he, he was thinking like, man, we should have been able to kill one of those bulls. Uh, but for Evan and I, I was like, this is a win because we just got on elk. But Trent was saying, you know, I just can't wait to see y'all's expressions. The first time you actually walk up on one, you know, assuming we get one, and that, that evening that Evan shot that bull, when you walk up on that thing for the first time and you see just how big it is and you start quartering it up and with three of us and we were getting after, I mean, we were, we were, uh, you know, we weren't fooling around and we quartered that thing up because it was right at, um, dark and you just start realizing how much meat you're pulling off of this animal. I mean, we probably came back with somewhere between 125 and 150 pounds of meat. And this was not a like huge bull by any standards. He was a, a, a young bull. Um, a big bull would probably been another hundred pounds on top of that, or if, if not more, but still you're, you're, you got that much meat, you know, you're, we, uh, we flew out there. So we were bringing it back to the airport and just the, just the amount of, you know, cooler space that it took to bring all that stuff back. Um, it was pretty sweet, man. They're gigantic. And it just, it blows my mind that there are animals out there that big. Like I get jacked up when I see a deer on the ground. So I can only imagine what the fuck I would do if I saw an elk. And it's crazy because as big as they are, it's just, I mean, those things are freaking, they're just like super athletes. You just see the way they run over these mountains and we're at, you know, fucking 9,000 feet elevation and we're, (laughs) you know, climbing it takes hours to make this approach and these things they're just i mean they're crazy crazy specimens it's it's amazing what they can do yeah you take three steps and you're sucking dick for beer money and they'll just fucking haul off over the ridge and be gone oh yeah and you'll fucking never i mean the amount of elk that we we you know we put actually relatively successful stalks on and got you know relatively close and then they wind you or they see you or, you know, whatever. And then they're just gone. They're out of your life forever. 
you know, like how the fuck did they <laughs> cover that much ground and just disappear? Because as big as they are, you're like, oh, there's no way I'm going to miss this thing. But you can absolutely miss them. Dude, I was, I was getting excited because, you know, 99% of the time, Trent was the one that, you know, spot one. But every once in a while, Evan and I would spot one that he hadn't seen yet. I'm like, yeah. We saw one before Trent did. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about those Western trips is like, especially these ones early on, I have to keep telling myself like, you know, you got to enjoy like the small victories, like all these new experiences. Like, I mean, it's just so cool when you learn like your game eye changes, right? Like I thought I had a good game eye <clears throat> and maybe I do for back here, but it's a totally different ball game out there. Right. So like when you do start spotting them, especially when you're with somebody who's more experienced, it's cool, man. Or like, you know, I can't imagine when you picked up that hind quarter when you were, when you were breaking it down in the field. Like, I don't know, that hind quarter could probably weigh as much as that deer James shot last weekend. You know, like that's a that's a that's got some meat on it. It's got some heft to it. You know. Oh, uh, yeah. For everyone that doesn't know, I just told I just told these guys or or my cousin James, Luke's little brother, just shot a fucking button buck the other day that thing was tiny and you're dude you're absolutely right i guarantee you the the hindquarters off of those elk yielded more meat than that fucking little button buck will 100 <laughs> I, I can't say anything i've shot i've you know i've I, i've done it before but uh, we all have i mean it yeah. happens but it, it the scale <laughs> is just completely different completely yeah. different and That's dude so the cool. whole experience like like we were on horseback trent uh trent has has horses and he brought those up. We were on horses for a few days. Um, and, you know, for me and Evan, like our grandfather, you know, he was a he was a farmer, um, you know, back east in Virginia. And he was a you know, he was kind of a, an eastern cowboy. He used to use horses to to work his cattle and work his sheep. And, I, you know, Evan and I were just riding riding through the, the mountains of Idaho on horseback chasing elk. And I was like, man, what do you think Pawpaw would think about this? Like it was just a. You know, that, that, that's just one of those things that like, I always viewed it as kind of a, a once in a lifetime experience, but now that we've done it, you realize like it is attainable and yeah, like we, we got after it pretty hard, but if you're willing to do that and you're willing to put in the work and, and, you know, not be too hard on yourself for not knowing what you don't know, then you can really, you can really have a good time and it is absolutely worth it. It's like you were just saying, right? You're you're never you're probably not gonna not put in for Idaho ever again, right? It's a lottery system. Why not put put in now that you know it is doable? Absolutely, man. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably put in every year. Um obviously, you know, don't expect I put in this past year. Um, you know, Evan and I both did. Obviously he drew, I didn't. So I was just tagging along, but yeah, I'll put in every year and it's gorgeous country. Um, there's a, you know, it's different. You got kind of the low country. Um, and then you've got, you know, the, the high mountains, you know, it's, you can hunt uh, a variety of different landscapes, different species. Um, you know, hell, you can go out there and chase whitetails if you want to. Do you see uh, any deer? We, we did not actually. We huh. didn't see any deer, um, but saw... It's all a ton of other wildlife. Um, yeah, it was it was crazy. You just had a an elk trip, didn't you, Derek? Uh, you, you could you could call it that. It was 
I had, I had an elk shit show is is what I fucking had. Yeah, that's um, like what Luke had last year. So, so uh, me and and two of my friends from Myrtle Beach, uh, we had been planning this trip for a while. Um, the one guy, it was going to be his first hunt ever, um, and he was just going to he's got this wild hair that when we were talking about, it, he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to go." And we're like, "All right, cool." So we start getting all this set up. And uh, about a week or two ago, the, that guy who had never hunted before, he dropped out just because of work and shit. And um, so it's just going to be me and my buddy Will going out there. And um, the day he was supposed to drive down to my house so we could take off the next day, he fucking tested positive for COVID. So Damn, dude. Super pissed. I was like, that Son sucks. Of a bitch. <laughs> I just kind of like stewed and hemmed and hauled and hemmed and hauled. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm not going to go. I got, you know, I got shit to do. And then like, I don't, know, I, I don't know what the hell made me do it, but I was like, fuck it. I'm going by myself. Hell so yeah. I threw my shit in the truck and I drove out to Colorado by myself. And that had to be the most miserable drive I've ever done in my life. It was 27 <laughs> hours. Jesus. Just like uh, of just mind numbing interstate. It was awful. And I got, that sounds brutal. I got all the way to Plano, Texas the first day and I had to sleep in a Cabela's parking lot so I could find a GPS. And, uh, I figured if, if I'm going to be out there by myself, I need to have a way to like call back. So I got one of those Garmin in reaches and, uh, probably a good move. Yeah, it was definitely a good move. And I didn't know that I guess with this, bullshit like chip shortage and fucking supply chain stuff like i stopped at three cabela's and a bass pro like along the way and none of them had any so finally i just started like calling ahead to fucking cabela's and bass pros along the interstate and i finally found one in texas like i guess that's where i gotta get to for before i fall asleep tonight so (laughs) so i slept in my truck in a cabela's parking lot (laughs) i got that and i hit the road and uh, I got to um, just north of Santa Fe, New Mexico. So that was like another 12 hours of driving. And I stayed the night. And since I didn't like, I didn't really have a plan. So I was like trying to fucking set up some shit on Onyx, get it all set up to where I could, you know, have my offline maps and like know a little bit where I was going to go, what I was going to do. And, uh, Long story short there, they, they did not work. My, my, uh, fucking on offline maps did not work. So I was just stumbling around in the dark most of the time. Uh, I finally got to Colorado and got to the trailhead, tried to pack shit and it was super hot. It was like highs of sixties all week. And that's not great for elk hunting, even the little bit that I know. And, uh, as I was like getting ready to, to head out, I was like, all right, let's look at my tags, make sure I got everything. And I had thought when I got my Colorado license that I had just like got everything. I thought, you know, you know, I'd set myself up and just bought my over the counter tag. I, yep. I didn't. So it's like, <laughs> son of a bitch. So I, so I call up Colorado wildlife. Dude, good thing you checked. 
Dude, yeah, no shit, man. That's like the one smart thing I did this whole trip. <laughs> I, actually, it wasn't because I didn't see shit, so I could have saved myself six hundred dollars. <laughs> actually, it was just as dumb. Um, so I uh, I call this lady, and you know I'm talking to her. I get everything set, and she's like, "Well, do you want me to mail this tag, or do you want to pick it up?" And I, I was like, "Well, um, I'm I'm in Colorado, so you can't really mail it." And she's like, "Okay, well, you need it on you to." harvest ham i was like you are right it's like well i guess i want to pick this up then so then i had to get back in my truck drive down to the walmart in town i'm standing in line with all these other fucking dudes that are buying their over-the-counter tags so it took like 30 minutes of just standing there and like with each one this dude behind the counter is asking to see their driver's license and their hunter safety course. I'm like, fuck, I don't have my hunter safety course card. Like I don't even know where it's at. It's a paper. I got that thing when I was 10, it's a paper (laughs) card that they wrote my social security number on. (laughs) And there's, there's, there's no telling where the hell this card is. (laughs) And so I'm like, fuck, if I drove 27 hours and this dude doesn't give me my tag, I'm going to lose my shit. It's going to be a bad day for that guy. Oh my God. I, but luckily, you know, so I guess since I had bought my tag already, he, he didn't fucking ask for my hunter safety course, but I was so fucking happy. Dude, that's a really good point for, uh, I'm sure a lot of Western states are like this, but Wyoming is too. You have to have your hunter safety card, a physical copy of your hunter safety card with you. And I went through the same thing. Luckily, I, let, I read the regs before I went out there and I called hunter safety and they sent me a new one. I just put the paper one in my wallet, but I was like, fuck man, I did this years ago. Like I have no idea. I have, I have yeah. no idea where it is. Or at least you have to know your hunter safety number in Wyoming. Got to have it with you. The same shit. Yep. The same shit happened to me in Colorado. Actually. Uh, I, I, same thing. I had, I had no idea you had to have that. Luke told me like the day before we were going to go hunt, it was like, you got your hunter safety card, right? I was like, no, I don't even Dude, I was—I I don't even think I still have mine. I think that thing got lost years ago. And I, I sent an email to uh, Wildlife Resources here in North Carolina. And they I figured I could maybe just like print it off online or something. And they're like, nope, we got to mail it to you. I was like, fuck. There's no way it's getting here before I leave tomorrow to get to Colorado. Yeah. And dude, we got, we had a, uh, we had a fucking warden stop us um, when we put him to the parking lot one morning to check our tags and licenses. And I was like, just praying that like, you know, having the number in an email, cause they, they sent me the email, you know, confirm this is your hunter's safety number. Um, your cards on the way. But I was like, man, God, I hope this is going to be good enough. Luckily he didn't even ask. He saw the tag and license and was like, yeah, y'all are good to go. But yeah, definitely a little pro tip out there for all you Eastern boys like us that don't know that Western system. Yeah. I thought I was like thinking the same thing too. I was like, you know, I'll just look it up online. Like bullshit. There's a fucking form. You got to print off for West Virginia, fill that shit out, send them 10 bucks and they send you a fucking hundred safety course guard. Like God, this ain't gonna work. Yeah. So I got my tag, get back to the trailhead. It's dark as shit. It's like eight o'clock. And, uh, I didn't really know what I was going to do. So I was like, I'm just going to fucking hike this trail. I'd seen some, I'd seen the only other 200 or 300s that I'd seen that day. They were on horseback and they rode out this trail. I was like, I'm going to ride. I'm going to walk out that trail about a mile and a half. I'm going to hit some water and I'm going to make a left up the hill. And that's where I'm going to fucking camp. And that's what I did. (laughs) It 
it turned out all right because I, I found a good spot like along this uh, little stream and uh, end up sitting right next to a bedding area. But just I think with it being as warm as, as it was, um, which was not typical for that time of year, I just they they hadn't moved down as far and that kind of screwed me. But like learned a lot, got to see some pretty country. So it's a, wasn't a, a total waste, but it was a good time. And then Luke got me super drunk the night before I drove home. And that was a real dick move. <laughs> Fucking Luke. Dude. So I, I, I didn't want to show up empty handed. Cause this was like the first time I'm meeting Luke in real life in person. Right. And, uh, like my, my, uh, my girlfriend, Jenna was like, Oh, you're going to meet your HLE boyfriend. Hmm. <laughs> my wife says the same yeah, thing. What of it? <laughs> I might put out on the first date too. <laughs> I <ain't no> <laughs> and so I like, I went to this liquor store in, in Colorado Springs and I want to get like a bottle of wine for Caroline and my, my wine picking out skills is just, I find a bottle that I like the sticker cause I know nothing about wine and that's what I get. And then, uh, I got a bottle of bourbon that one of the guys that worked there you know, suggested and to like, uh, showed up and then, uh, Pete and John came over and we had that, we had a call about like the way ahead and, you know, you know, with the, the rest of the team and we were like sipping on this bourbon and I got like half the bottle gone and Luke's like, we're finishing this tonight. I'm like, why? There's, Classic Luke, man. There, there's a cap. We can put, <laughs> we can put this cap on now and it'll be all right. <laughs> this shit will last. But we finished. We finished that bottle and worked on a couple. And, you, and you felt great driving home the next was, day, right? Bro, I was hurting so <laughs> bad. It took, and I, I don't drink a lot, and for me to drink as much as I did and still function, I was extremely happy, but. Fuck, it hurt the next day. <laughs> that sounds fucking miserable. Dude, it was so, it was just awful. It was awful. I got. What an asshole. And I was telling Jenna, I think we've all been there with Luke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, oh, yeah. He's a bad influence. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I, I called Jenna the next day, like when I just started to hit the road. And I was like, Luke got me drunk. I'm driving so hungover and she's like she he got you drunk she's like i've never even seen you drunk i was like i know it happened oh man what would uh what would you do differently next time or if you go back out there for for elk like how, how many days did you actually were you actually in the field chasing them uh i was out four and a half days and that was like really after like four and a half i was like i'm I'm done, man. I'm by my, like, had I had somebody else out there, I could have stayed the whole season and been fine. But like, it was just like the fact that like I was by myself, it was way too damn hot. I didn't know where I was going. Like just like blind lean the blind. Um, I think really the next time I head out, I'll probably try to get a guy just there's it's expensive. And I know there's this, this mystique about, you know, the public land do it yourself hunt and it's tough to do like 10 less than 10% of those hunts are successful for a fucking reason. Yep. The land's steep. You don't know the area. Yep. You're just kind of, you know, wandering around in the dark, hoping to get lucky. And, you know, for me, I got 
a kid, a girlfriend, a real job, a side job. Like the time that I, I go out there, I want to up my chances of success as much as possible. And if, you know, getting a guy does that, you know, I think that's the way to go. It help help with that learning curve a little bit. And, and then, you know, once you get a couple more uh, hunts under my belt, then we can try and do it by ourselves again. But until then, I want to maybe think about getting a guide. I probably wouldn't take my spotting scope. That was something I was going to ask you what, what you guys were using for, for glass. Cause I had my spotting scope and my binos and that spotting scope was heavy as shit. Um, just walking yep. around. Yeah. We just, we just used our binos primarily. We, uh, we had a spotting scope with us, but I think we only took it out with us one day and maybe it wasn't even the full day. Um, we, we just, we used our binos most of the time. And I mean, you get a decent set of binos. Like you don't have to have the most top end set of glass out there. I mean, it helps to have good glass for sure. And it takes practice, you know, it's one of those deals. If you're, if you're used to looking at whitetail, you know, back here, like you're not just going to walk out to the Rocky mountains and be able to pick out elk on this side of a hillside bedded down immediately. But once you kind of, you know, figure out what you're looking for, you know, you can, you can train your eye and, you know, by the end of it, like Evan and I were picking out elk. There were a couple of times that we saw elk, um, before Trent did. And it's like, we were just using our binos. Um, we were the days we weren't on horseback. We, uh, you know, we were just hiking the whole day and dude, those fucking scope spotting scopes are heavy and like, you know, I'm the type I'm going to pack more gear than I think I'm going to need just in case, you know, weather's unpredictable. We never know what you're going to need. Like this is our first time, you know, going out West hunting elk. I didn't exactly know. So, you know, I wanted to try to cover every contingency. Our packs weren't super heavy, but they weren't light. And it was like, it's not worth it to have the, the spot and scope when we can just roll with the binos. I think if your goal too is like something I've learned is like binos are great looking at an animal and being like, yep, that's a legal animal, which is all I'm interested in right now at this very low level of starting out too. Uh, the spotting scope's great if you want to throw it up and take a good hard look at whatever, you know, whatever, how many points or antlers or spread or whatever you're interested in. That's where that really comes in handy. But I'm, I'm with you, Derek. Spotting scopes are heavy, man. And binos get me. Oh, that's more than a spike. All right. I'm interested. Let me get a little closer. Yeah. The old uh, tripod doesn't fucking help either. No. Well, and if you're, I mean, if you're in a situation where you're going to post up for, you know, half a day or something, you know, you're just going to get to a good spot and then you're going to spend a long time glassing. Then I can see, I can see having the spot and scope in that situation. But for us, what we were doing is like we were hiking and then glassing the ridge tops, you know, where we expected them to be. And then if we found them, we fucking went after them. You know, we were, we were humping it. And so, cause you got to get to where they are. <laughs> and usually they're above you. Like they're probably going to be above you. So you're climbing and you're usually climbing, you know, at a pretty good clip. So they don't fucking, you know, vanish into oblivion. So yeah, that was, that was the way we did it. And it worked out pretty well. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the smart way. And like, had I had a little bit better setup and knew exactly where I was going to be going, if I could find spots where like there were big open places and a spotting scope definitely would have you know, been 
a little bit better for that, but like, yeah, I, I definitely would have left that in the truck, um, doing it all over again. Well, it sounds like we need a redo. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I want to go out there when I actually have a tag in my pocket, so I'm down. Yeah, I mean, if, if Caleb's a dumbass can fucking kill something out in Idaho, yeah, I can anybody can do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, if Caleb and Evan can have success, then surely we can. Have you uh, have you killed any whitetail yet this year, Derek? No, I actually wanted to uh, try to get out last night, but we ended up in Alabama for Thanksgiving, um, so we didn't get back near enough time to try and do a sit so i'll try and get out a little bit uh this week now that things have settled down a little bit and um hopefully get something on the ground soon is it your uh rifle season down there still yeah it's uh i think it goes till like january 5th or 6th so we've got a pretty decent um rifle season yeah in virginia um you know where we hunt on our family farm our rifle season is only two weeks uh, it comes in on a Saturday and then you get two weeks and then goes out, um, on a Saturday. So you get three Saturdays. So I've been getting after it pretty hard the past three weekends. Um, killed a couple of does, uh, two Saturdays ago. I saw a lot of, a lot of young bucks up there. We've been seeing a shit ton of, of spikes and fork horns and other young, other young bucks. Uh, they were rutting pretty good. Um, James, Luke's little brother, uh, team member, um, my little cousin, he killed a, a decent little eight pointer, um, up on the family farm, um, probably a two and a half year old deer. So that was cool. was pumped for him. Also shot that fucking button buck <laughs> like a retard, but you know, <laughs> it's uh it was a, it was kind of a weird whitetail season for me, man. I hunted some new properties this year for that, um, that land trust deal that I had had permission on and had a really good time hunting those two properties. The two properties were really different. Um, one of them was like a kind of a classic Piedmont property. That's uh, pretty well managed actually, which was, which was cool to see the, uh, the land trust group. Um, you know, they take private land and they manage it for, for conservation and wildlife protection. And it's all got, you know, long-term protections on it. And they do, they do a pretty good job of uh, implementing their, their various strategies. So that was, that was cool to see. It was a definitely new experience for me, but didn't see a ton of deer. I, uh, I was drawn back on a, a decent buck. I think it was a, an eight pointer, um, one evening, but right when I got drawn back and was getting ready to kind of settle my pen, um, he busted me and took off out of there. And then, uh, the other property I hunted didn't have, didn't have a ton of success. Didn't see that many deer out there, but it's always cool to get out there and stretch your legs on a new piece of dirt that you've never been to. So hoping that, uh, maybe we can drop a couple more does, put a little bit more meat in the freezer here. Late season archery. I've been kind of jealous cause it's, um, West Virginia's deer season always opens up the, uh, the week of Thanksgiving and then Maryland is th- that Saturday after Thanksgiving. And normally I try to get up there for, for both like, uh, you know, get up, for West Virginia deer season and then, uh, and then go to our camp where my great grandfather won in a card game, uh, for Maryland. And, uh, 
One in a card game. Yeah, I don't, don't ask me how. I, I don't know how you get that hard up on your luck. You're like, you can have my fucking log cabin. I'm all in. But this, this, fella, this fella did it. Dude, that sounds like some shit out of a that's fucking some, That's Western some West Virginia movie. shit. How, how, dude, how <laughs> big good. a fucking degenerate are you where you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll put up my house. Like, God damn, you got a problem, homie. Tough times. That's crazy. Yeah. And uh, so kind of bummed i'm not up there but my cousin he got a uh a nice seven my uncle shot a nice seven um my my cousin or she uh she got her senior pictures taken in one of my my knife shirts which i thought was the most redneck thing she could do uh so i sent her so i sent <laughs> I her a, a knife as like an early graduation present and um she killed a nice six or seven and uh i, I was asking my uncle i was like hey did she she actually got it because she's never gutted a deer. Her her grandfather, my uncle, guts all her deer. And he was like, well, she held the legs this year, so <laughs> we're getting better. <laughs> Normally, she's just like off in a corner when that's happening. <laughs> Dude, that was not my dad's role, man. My dad was fucking, you shoot it, it's your, it's your fucking, that's your job at that point. Oh, yeah, because I Take- was... I was with him the first deer I ever killed. And that's what he do. He's like, <laughs> figure it out. I'm like, all yeah. right, man. That's he got funny. soft. He got yeah. soft in his old age. Yeah, it's those little girls, man. Yeah. That's cool. That's good. Well, it sounds like we got plenty of uh, season left to add to the story. I'm yeah. Uh, Hell, we got a... about uh, the old uh, deer camp up in Virginia. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't wait December. to meet up with all you guys up there at y'all's family farm, Perry. Yeah, it's gonna be a blast, man. I hope we can hope we can put the hammer down on some does. We need to we need to kill plenty of does. We've knocked a couple down up there, but it'll be a good time for sure, regardless. I think there's gonna be a good good number of guys up there for that trip. So I know it'll be a blast. We just gotta make sure that uh Luke doesn't force us to finish the bottles of bourbon. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm committed to hunting, not being hung over in my <laughs> sleeping right. bag the next day. <laughs> I'm all yeah. right with being hung over in a deer stand. I just don't want to drive and do it. <laughs> yeah. We gotta, we gotta hide all the bottles of bourbon from, from old Cox. Yeah. That'll be good, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It'd be fun for sure. And then we got to figure out when we're uh, making a trip down to Florida, Derek, come look at your place. Hey, whenever you guys want to, you just let me know. That'd be cool, man. I've never, Never really spent much time in Central Florida, so it'd be cool to see. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a huge fan. I miss back home, but uh, it's. I was surprised when I moved down here just how many fucking dirt roads there are in this state. Like it, I just assumed like Florida was just densely populated everywhere, but it's it's pretty backwoods in uh, in some parts, especially where I'm at. Oh yeah, there's some real rednecks in Florida for sure. Oh, yeah. And just the uh, the couple of trips that we've had to drive down to the Keys for um, dive training, like we'll be driving down past Orlando and and look to your right, and there ain't fucking shit there, man. It is just like open marsh and and farmland as far as the eye can see. You're like, how in the fuck is this Florida? Like this looks like it's Nebraska. <laughs> it's funny, man. It's funny you say that. I mentioned to my wife that you had said. Uh, you wanted us to come down to Florida and she's thinking, Oh, cool. You know, maybe we'll make a family trip of it and bring the kids and she'll They're go. They're more than welcome to come. 
for to sure. go lay on the beach and drink margaritas. And I, I pulled up the map. I was like, well, let's see exactly where Derek lives and how far it is to the closest beach. It's like, shit, I don't know that this is a <laughs> that kind of trip, babe. <laughs> no, they, they can definitely come. It's like an hour-ish. We can send Jenna and her and the kids off to St. Augustine. They can go hang out on the beach. Yeah. Like, well, maybe that's how we make it this, uh, make this trip work. Yeah. Same for you, Carter. We got plenty of room. Yeah. So bring your wife, bring the baby. Um, as long as they don't mind my daughter, Quinn, just like being super awkward and tackling them. Um, <laughs> you can, you can bring as many as you want. We'll let all the kids tackle each other and run around and we'll go do some man shit and let the girls drink Mai Tais on the beach. Yeah. Perfect. Sounds like a plan. Doesn't sound bad. No, that's that's a that, that's an easy way to sell that shit. Yeah, I'm in, man. Well, good deal, boys. Let's uh, let's try to make it happen. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Go ahead and uh, wrap this one up. Part two to be continued. End of the season.